Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders, people who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. One job's can evaporate, but what, and, and that's probably more what you'll hear along the radio. My unique take on it is that like having a job just isn't worth it for me because mm. um, when I saw the other people that were working their job as attorneys and they were making, you know, $150,000, $200,000 a year, I was like, are you getting rich? Are you happy? Yeah. How's your family? All of those answers were negative, you know? And I was like, well, then why the hell are you doing this? Hey Grinders, I know it's early, but we're getting started with our holiday specials this month. For November only, we are dropping our mentorship program by 50% for all Daily Grind listeners. Now, due to pure volume and time, we can't select everyone, so we're looking for people who are not just looking to get better and make more money, but who are willing to make the necessary sacrifices in order to reach those massive goals you're setting for yourselves. So if that is you, be sure to book your 15-minute call with me today to learn more about how you can qualify for this offer. I look forward to speaking with all of you. Joining us today on the show is Scott Smith. No one wants to get sued, but if you plan to start a company, the question isn't if you get sued, but when you get sued. Scott is the attorney who will have your back. He's a smart, savvy attorney with a great sense of humor and a gift for simplifying the complex. Scott shares some amazing tools and tactics listeners like yourselves can use today. Scott is also a former MMA fighter, so when I say have your back, I really truly mean it. I hope you enjoyed today's interview, everyone. Scott shares his amazing entrepreneurial journey with us. So sit back, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, and enjoy today's interview with Scott Smith. Enjoy. Well, Scott Smith, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? Hey, Colin. Living the dream, brother. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, man. Living the dream as well. Yeah. And Scott, if you wouldn't mind, for some listeners out there being first introduced to you today, just kind of in your own words, sharing a little bit more of who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah, so my name is Scott Royal Smith. I'm the owner of Royal Legal Solutions, which is a premier asset protection uh, law firm for real estate investors um, in the U.S. or Canadian investors uh, investing in the U.S. And we work on company structuring, banking insurance, kind of like a start to finish solution for everybody looking in that field. Um, I've been an investor for about eight years. I've been an, an attorney with Royal Legal Solutions building this guy for about five Yep. Um, and we've had um, a huge amount of growth just in the last year and a half, um, which has been really exciting and took us from, you know, four people to, to 25 people, which would feels like overnight. Um, wow. So it's been uh, been quite the ride right now, Colin, uh, with what <laughs> that looks like. Things they don't teach you in law school is, you know, what to do with explosive startup companies. And uh, and that's actually one of the hardest things it is by far the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Like 10 times harder than law school. Really? 
So you went to law school, obviously you had a passion for that. What made you kind of find or fall into this niche, so to speak? Kind of. I mean, I kind of had a passion for law school. Yeah. I was actually an MMA fighter at the time and I got knocked out really hardcore because I couldn't get a job. So I started like fighting and then doing tutoring because I was a big nerd. Oh, no way. So I could tutor. Yeah. So I, I could tutor kids back in, in Houston after I graduated because I had a Spanish degree and economics degree, which qualifies you to do absolutely nothing in the real world. Okay. But what you what you can do with that though is go tutor rich kids and they'll pay you like 85 bucks an hour. So I was like, sweet. I'm going to live in this like tiny studio apartment and I'll just like go do MMA because I love it. Like I love jujitsu. I love kickboxing. I love combat sports. Yeah. I'm not an aggressive person by nature. Um, like at all, but like I love sports and athleticism and I love the physicality of it. And, uh, but then I got like really got my ass handed to me and I was like, you know, it sounds good. Law school. So, uh, <laughs> I got a, a scholarship up to, uh, Albany law, um, and went there and that just kind of like was a cool way to bide time and do something fun. Law is actually really fun to study, um, for all the reasons that, that aren't law related. Oh, okay. Cause the higher level of law is just really like really aggressive, um, forms of not aggressive, but it's like highly structured ways of thinking. So like if you graduate from law school, they say that you're already de facto in the top 10% of business people, just because you know how to like organize your thoughts, organize plans, of course. you can read very carefully, like all of those fundamental skills are things you develop there. Um, and, um, but I didn't like, I really didn't like practicing law. I was suing insurance companies for clients that, um, you know, they had claims and insurance companies wouldn't pay. Okay. And I felt good about that. Um, but then I wanted to get back into real estate. And so, and then I started to look to help other people, um, that were, you know, so I was reconnecting into the real estate community in Austin, Texas, where I'm located now, coming to find out they had no idea how to, what to do with this asset protection. And a lot of people that had like 50 plus properties were like, Hey, what do I do? Yeah. And, uh, that's when I was like, well, I have some ideas, but let me go check it out. So I just read every book I could possibly find, talked to you know a bunch of professionals that were the leading people in the field, and then I was like, all right, actually, I think I have a better solution than what everybody else actually is doing right now. Um, and that's when I launched Royal Legal Solutions, and now we help investors that have two-plus properties anywhere they live, and we hold all their assets anonymously and protect them from litigation and streamline all of their banking and their insurance and all that kind of cool stuff. So that's really the way that the company launched was just this really kind of organic approach from just being curious, you know, yeah. and helping people and being curious and being willing to learn and dive into the deep problems that they didn't want to, uh, really, or just didn't have the opportunity to right? like how many people really have the opportunity to like nerd out on something full time yeah, on course. something so niche, you know, yeah. but beauty of the internet, you can do it now. It's amazing. Absolutely. It's funny how you went from, MMA fighter, which seems like one of like I was a golfer, right? So I look at both of them as being very unsecured jobs or or positions, so to speak. And then you went into a very seems what seems like a very secure position in the law. Oh yeah, I mean uh, it. That it's true, right? I think that might have been one of the reasons I pulled the law. Mainly, probably, probably because I was trying to get like respect or something. Gotcha. You know, cause I'm a tutor and I'm a fighter. You don't get a lot of respect you know, for people <laughs> like thinking you're great. You know, now I kind of feel like all that stuff was just, that's a fool's errand to try to get other people to respect you because you can't control that. And why would you worry about stuff you can't control? Um, but, uh, but, but really that you would think there's more security inside of law and there is right. But it's like kind of like the kind of security you get from just about any job. Yeah, of course. Um, gives you some, but I think a lot of that's an illusion of security because, um, one jobs can evaporate, but what 
and, and that's probably more what you'll hear along the radio. My unique take on it is that like having a job just isn't worth it for me because, mm. um, when I saw the other people that were working their job as attorneys and they were making, you know, 150, $200,000 a year, I was like, are you getting rich? Are you happy? Yeah. How's your family? All of those answers were negative. You know, and I was like, well, then why the hell are you doing this? Because yeah. what happens is, is if you really hate what you're doing and you're making more money and it's in this job, it becomes your own prison. You spend the money you make to make yourself feel better because you hate what you're doing every day. So then I was like, okay, well, that's just dumb. I'd rather just go live in a van down by the river <laughs> than, uh, than live that kind of life that you guys are doing right now. Yeah. Um, but instead what I did is just jump back into real estate where, well, cause I, you know, I bought my first property and actually sold it while I was in law school to graduate without debt. Oh, so really? I knew wow. I could kill it in the real estate game. Yeah. Um, and so then I was like, all right, sweet. Well, I can just go back into that because this looks like it sucks and I can see why everybody becomes a drug addict and alcoholic in this profession. Yeah, no because doubt. you need to to numb yourself. So I was like, all right, that's not a winning scenario. Not doing that. Um, <laughs> no. but, so like, yeah, it's secure, but it's really not right. Cause it's like leading you down like the road to perdition, you know, mm. um, if you stick with it for too long. So that's why I'm like a big believer and like find your passions, follow it, you know, learn how to help other people and you'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. How did having an athletic background, specifically martial arts, prepare you for life, business and entrepreneurship? Um, yeah, well, that's, it's a good question. I'm not, I don't really, I don't think it's like a direct, you know, one-to-one, -one, you know, into that. I've never like fought somebody and then like somehow got paid for it. Like in, in my professional life, which would be sweet. <laughs> I would love it if I could like settle, you know, uh, business disputes by like challenging somebody into like the, the cage, you know, <laughs> and I'll, do I've well. never actually had somebody taken me up on that offer. I've offered it a few times. I was like, we can just go fight it out. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want, like, I don't really mind. Um, people react really weird when you offer them, you know, like in today's day and culture, like they're like oh, men damn. shouldn't fight each other. I was like, yeah, but men have been fighting each other for like tens of thousands of years, right? Like animals do it all the time in the yeah. wild, but it's like in our society where like, oh, fighting people is weird. I was like, not really. I mean, it's weird if you fight people and like gouge their eyes out and stuff, but you're just talking about like a normal, like little scrap, like everybody's fine at the end. People actually like hug each other afterwards, have respect for each other or whatever. I think we should bring fighting back. But the long story <laughs> short in that is um, I, I think that it – when you, when you can get comfortable with the fact of like using your body and realizing most stuff that you think would really hurt actually doesn't hurt mm. and you just get used to that, you stop really caring about a lot of the risks, you know, that come into it because you're like, well, that just, it's just in my head that I think that that's going to be that bad. It's really not. Um, you ever had that experience? Like sometimes I, I really hate going to parties like before the party starts. I'm yeah, always like, so God, I. I don't want to go to this party. Right. Yeah. And then coming home from the party, I'm like, I always, it's like, man, I had such a great time. But then like when it comes time for the next party, I'm thinking the same thing. And I actually have to like sit down, like sit myself down and be like, well, remember Scott, you actually like going to parties after the fact. So just go do it and you'll be happy that you did it. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things of like learning to like, just take the overcoming the whatever that pain is or whatever, it's all just an illusion of something else. And that what's what sits on the other side of the pain and struggle are the things that make life worth living. So I'm, I'm a big believer in whatever systems or patterns or habits you can develop that make you constantly bump up against your comfort zone and bump up against your pain. 
and just taking little baby steps to the other side of that until, you know, doing the things um, that are helpful for you and that make your life better start to feel natural. Because if you're like, if what, if what was working for you to make you have a great life already felt natural for you, you'd already have the most amazing life that you could possibly imagine. Well, you know, like, pick up the clue phone, right? Your life sucks or life isn't what yeah. you want it to be because the habits you've developed haven't led you to have the life that really is going to get you there. So you got to start doing stuff that's different and probably stuff that doesn't feel right. Yeah. It's like the more you can put yourself into uncomfortable positions and face adversity throughout, you know, every single day when you do have a big decision to make, or when you do face adversity in your real life, you are, you've built that muscle up through those little things that you're doing every single day. Hundred percent, you know, and it's um, that's a lot of what we talk about on my podcast, the real estate nerds, is that it's all it's a podcast. It's you know, it has a lot of real estate investors that are on it that talk about their best and worst deals and what they did or didn't do that led them there, right? But come to find out that all of that is based around mindset. Yeah. Um, and I know that's like a big like hot button topic right now, and I really hate topics about mindset when they're like extrapolated out to be, um like words about mindset, I don't think are really powerful at all. So like what I did for my show is we talk about the story, like the beginning, middle, and end of what it's actually like to live that with that mindset. What does that look like? What does that feel like? How's your evolve change? How's your thinking change over time while you're doing it? Because then you actually have like a touch point for something that's different. And what does it change? What does it take to do something different? And a lot of people like want to say like Tony Robbins and stuff are like, Yo, you can change your mindset and everything in your life at the moment you just decide for things to change. And I was like, that is true, but that's only true for like a moment. If yeah. you want to change like your fundamental drivers that make all of those decisions come natural, well, that's a much different and a much longer process that requires exactly what you're talking about, Colin, which is how do I do the little tiny habits that are the, the slow incremental pieces that ultimately will lead to these big, huge changes so that like what feels natural for me is actually the things that are really going to benefit me. Absolutely. So for you, like I'm, I'm completely on board with what you're saying because I think I hear a lot of, I think people's misconception is, you know, change your mindset. It's like change the way you think, but it's the actions that you do. It's the steps you take change how you actually perceive things and think. Um, so for you, you talk about habits. What are some winning behaviors and habits you possess that have helped you? Um, man, you know what? Like one thing is, you know, we were talking a little bit. My five ton hopped on the areas. I actually go and I still box and uh, yeah. do like competitive athletics like every morning before I start my work day. And I can tell you that it is a very rare occasion that I'm really excited to wake up at 5 a.m. and go work out, especially yeah. like today, like today when it's 30 degrees outside and I'm freezing <laughs> my bejesus off and here in a gym that doesn't have any heat and that <laughs> it's like a leaky roof. He's in, in Texas, everyone. Uh, yeah, I, I'm in Texas, by the way. <laughs> and, and it's like just super cold right now. And so I was like, oh, my God, I hate this. Yeah. Uh, and I hated it actually this morning before I went to the gym. I hated it on the drive to the gym. I actually hated most of my workout. Uh, but after I got out of my workout, I was like, yes, but I like, I still did it. Like yeah. I still like bit the bullet. I went to go do it. And it's more at times that I can. And by the way, I've been doing this with that routine for four months and still hate it. And so I'm like, you know what? I actually have to continue to do this until I don't hate yes. it anymore. Love that. And so I'm like, shit, that sucks. <laughs> um, but it's a commitment that I make to myself, right? Like that's one of the ways that we show ourselves that like that you can really, if you really want to improve like your internal mindset and your entire internal dialogue, you have to it fundamentally relates to like, you know, what do you do for your own self care? 
yeah. what's really important for your own self care. And for me, that's one of my pieces, right? Is that like, that's what I'm going to do to show myself that I really, that I, that I'm care, taking care of myself first, instead of putting myself behind other people or behind my business or whatever that's going to be, I'm going to put myself first. And that's what I'm going to do to do that. And I'm going to keep doing that until putting myself first feels natural because it doesn't feel natural for me right now. What feels really natural for me right now is to sacrifice everything for the business. Yeah. And that's led to like, I put on like 30 pounds and I wasn't as strong and I couldn't compete anymore. And like all of these other pieces go wrong. Like people just aren't as nice to you if you're not as in shape. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but yeah, it's just it's like true. true. Yeah. So I was like, well, like I like being checked out by chicks and I like when people <laughs> are nice to me and like all this other stuff. Right. So I was like, shit, I got to get like back into shape and I have to like reprioritize what are like, what do I care about? But that's hard because it's not natural. So yeah. I have to rechange what's natural for me. And that's one of the ways I do it. Like, so push through the hard stuff until it feels natural for you. Yeah, totally. And you mentioned at the beginning of the show how, you know, the, the last year and a half, right, has really blown up for you. Did I get yeah, that time frame right? Yeah, yeah. We've, <clears throat> we 5X in the last year and a half. Looking back at that, what, what do you think the catalyst to that growth has been? Well, there's a couple of pieces, right? So Of course. One, one is if you want to, if you're looking to have a company that has explosive growth, you have to have explosive insights, mm. right? Um, into what's going on. So like you can't have like a small tweak and think that you're going to have something that's amazing. That's going to come out of it. Yeah. Right. What we do at Royal Legal Solutions is actually pretty revolutionary. Like it was, um, you know, I get job offers actually from the top asset protection companies in the, um, in the country yep. regularly that want to pay me half a million dollars plus per year just to come work for them. Right. And I was mm -hmm. like, hey, you guys are funny trying to hire me out as a competition. Right. <laughs> um, no, thanks. Actually, I'm coming to coming for you. So watch out. But, but the reason why is because having really deep insights into, um, into an area of how to help customers is really difficult to do. And it's not natural uh, for a lot of people to do it. They just think small tweaks. So one is to have really, not just a little bit better of a product, like a 10 times better product before you try to launch your company. Yeah. And then the second piece is find the medium that nobody else is using right now. Right. And for us, that was podcasting. Gotcha. Um, it's not that there's not other attorneys that do it. It's just that they don't do it well. And, and that our product is 10 times better. So then you're explaining to the people, here's the product that's 10 times better. Here's all the other problems that I know that you guys are running into one, because I spent the time to really know the customer so I know what all their problems are. I know how they're even thinking about the problems. And so I can speak in the language that makes sense to them about their own problem. So then they're like, oh, okay, that's that's when you feel like you're connected to somebody. And then that's what makes you want to buy whatever it is they're selling. They would literally buy anything that you're selling them if they feel that they're connected to you. Of course. Yeah, totally. So for you, when you started to expand and grow over the last year and a half, did you find it difficult to hire, recruit, train? Oh, bro, that's like the hardest thing. Yeah. And it's hard for a lot of different reasons. Um, but the one thing that we've I've looked at more and more is that um, I am much more concerned now with who I work with than what they what what they know. Yeah. The who to me is much more important than the what. Yeah. Um, they have to still have the what, right? But like you can't you you can figure out if you're smart and you're dedicated what the what is. Like what do we need to be doing here, and what does that need to look like? Right. Mm -hmm. But you'll never be able to grow if you think that you constantly have to be like watching everybody every second. 
because then you're not actually, you know, you're not growing together. Then you're just trying to manage your own little pile and then you're limited on how big you can get. And that's why you need, you know, you need people that are really strong, you know, um, that can help grow it on their own, um, that you don't really have to watch necessarily that, you know, they're just going to work and then have a business that's strong enough that you can pay them appropriately to do it. You know, if you don't feel like you're going to be able to have enough margin in your product, um, from the front end to be able to hire really great people to work with you, don't launch that company or figure out a way that you can do it without having to hire people. And that you can just have like little automated services or hire agencies, which are in turn also very expensive. But all of those things have to be figured out at the level that you're getting to know your customer and your product. You'll be able mm. to know what the chain of your business is going to be just from those two initial pieces of information, which is why, you know, 99% of the businesses you're thinking of, you shouldn't launch. Yeah. Interesting. It sounds to me, well, you, you mentioned it, but you're very data driven. Like you don't make decisions based on emotions. It's based on actual data that you're getting back. I wish, man. I mean, it may be right, but it's not like how you would think. Yeah. Like it's not like you get, you, you don't ever get to have all of the infrastructure in place to be able to know that you have the perfect data to let you know to make the decision, Hmm. you know, because it actually is super expensive and difficult a lot of times to get the data. And then you can get so much data that you're like, what's the important data? That's true. Right. So a lot of it, you don't really know. Right. So what I, what I usually go for is instead of, okay, of course, right. If you could get the data and you can make data driven decisions, of course we all want to get there. Yeah. The reality situation is, is that you can almost never really get there, um, to the level that you would like. So you get some data and then a lot of it has to come in to say, okay, what does my intuition tell me in the sense of what I should be doing, going to do? And then what are, and then even more importantly in that is saying, since I don't really know what are the things that I can try, um, that if they work will be explosive for me. And if they mm. don't, it doesn't cost me a lot because then I don't have to have perfect information because I'm controlling my risk on the front end of the decision Makes sense. to not have to know if it's going to work perfectly. Cause actually having perfect information is damn near impossible because there's a huge amount of, uh, cost into getting all of that info. And think about it. Do you want to put your people on to actually helping you build your new marketing platform or your new chain of emails that you're going to send out to people? Or do you want them tinkering with data to find out whether we should do emails or not? Come to find out, you're like, well, we don't know. (laughs) Even a lot of times after you get the data, you're like, well, those are projections. And what happens with other companies and what might happen with theirs, we don't really know. And I'm like, all right, well, let's just test it. Let it run. Let's do a small test. And then we'll be able to figure that out and see if that works. Yeah. I don't know if that's helpful, but no, it makes sense. That's what it works for me. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And you know, for you, Scott, everything you've, everything you've done, everything you've been through, what you've accomplished, like say you could go back in time and offer your young self a piece of advice and not necessarily change anything, but just offer yourself a piece of advice or guidance. I'm wondering what that would be for you. Um, yeah, mine would have probably been to not worry about being successful. Interesting. Yeah. It probably, yeah, I would, have said, I would have probably told that guy, young Scott, don't worry about being successful or not. Actually, just go out and have the most fun and get into as much you know trouble as you can while staying out of jail and have as much you know ex- different kinds of experience as you can have you know varied um, you know while you're young and you can enjoy it because the like life when you're young you have tons of choices but a lot of times you're plagued with insecurities about like am I good enough and am I respected. Um, you know, all of those pieces, right. But you have so many opportunities that you can go to and explore that when you're older, you won't really have the opportunity to do it in a way that's cool. 
yeah. right? Yep. Um, you can be older and go travel. It's just not nearly as cool to be 40 and backpacking through Europe as it is being 20. Like your life being 20 and doing that is like a significantly better experience. <laughs> your knees are better. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Also, <laughs> it's just like when you're young, yeah. you get more access to stuff because yeah, people want to hang out with you more. Right. Yeah. And you don't care about as much. You don't have to have a hotel room to be happy. You can just be sleeping in a, you know, a, you know, a hostel with a bunch of random people and you just have this ability to connect. And I think a lot of times what, when older people are always saying like, you know, it's, you know, youth is wasted on the young or whatnot. It's because you, as you get older, the things that you still want, you can never buy again. Hmm. Like all, all of the money and, and power and all that stuff can't make, give you the ability to um, enjoy backpacking through Europe and living in hostels and having a great time just randomly meeting people and getting into hijinks with it. You can't buy that anymore. You could never recreate that. So like take advantage of the opportunities that are specific to that time of your life that you won't be able to have later on. Because if you can buy it or you can create it through power, then just defer it to later because you're always going to be able to create money and power later yeah. on. Yeah, gotcha. So when you were young, you thought like when you thought of success, was that money? You were focused on making money? Yeah, it's like money and respect. Gotcha. I think, you know, wanting to be respected by others. A lot of times like money was highly valued in our family. Like you can kind of know that from whatever your family structure is and whatever your parents valued. That's probably the thing that's plaguing you in your life yeah. right now. Because like that's where they screwed you up with trying to give you a value system that's out of whack. So true. So true. And now, Scott, more of like a tactical question for you is uh, say there's a, a genie out there, okay, and they could come into your business and help you guys with one thing or in, or in just one area of what you're doing. I'm wondering what the genie would help you with. Um, yeah, well, I mean, if I had one thing that I wish I could just go from zero to 100 in right now, it would be like how do you actually – manage organizations at the, all the different levels of growth. Mm. Cause like one thing they don't tell you is that having like a, a small team is a really different type of organization, how it runs and how you coordinate the team and fake time. And now like at three people to eight people to 25 people to more than 25 people. And it's a whole different learning curve each time. So like if you think that you want to have a, a really fast growing company, like prepare yourself for having to learn an entirely new set of skills every six months. It's the most painful thing I've ever had to do as well as the most challenging. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Love that. Scott, the way we end the show here is I give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that we can all go home with today. Um, yeah, so, you know, thought of the day, I would say for everybody is, uh, no matter where you are with your life and what's going on, you can never, um, exercise and the gratitude muscle for what you have currently. You'll find that if, uh, if you just look around at the people that, um, that are highly successful, mm -hmm. uh, the people that aren't successful, usually the unsuccessful people, you usually aren't grateful for, for what they have and the, the the highly successful people, no matter where they're at, are grateful for what they have. And the difference there is because when you express gratitude for things, it creates the mindset of um, that you have enough um, and that that you're okay, right? And yeah. so that, that what that fundamentally allows you to do is to be free from the external conditions. 
um, that would otherwise control you. So I would say for, for myself included, this is a reminder for me as well. And something yeah. I would say for everybody else is try to find, you know, three things every day, write them down that you're grateful for them and keep a journal of it and look back at your journal to see like, what are the three new things that you can think of every day that you're grateful for in your life? And it'll change your life if you're depressed, if you're poor, whatever it is, you know, gratitude will, will get you out of it. Absolutely. Scott, what's the best way our audience can reach out, connect with you, um, maybe check out your podcast and visit your site? Yeah, I would go to the Real Estate Nerds podcast. Um, if you guys are interested in mindset, more of the ideas that we explore with that with top investors and business people in the world um, about that. I'm very similar to the, the kinds of things we've been talking about today, but we walk through it, you know, with one person's story for a half hour. So it drills in the lesson through somebody's actual story such that you'll never have to make that mistake or you'll always you'll see the benefit, you know, of a change in your life, you know, fundamentally through somebody else's life as well. Um, so that's a great touch point um, to learn about that and also to be able to, you know, um, you know, be able to just have a point of reflection for you on that. So that's the real estate nerds podcast, um, for real estate investors out there, you're definitely going to want to check out the, uh, Royal legal solutions.com website, um, to, uh, to check out uh, all the great information we have on there that is really top level asset protection and real estate investing advice, um, that we have out there. I know we have a promo link, the Royal legal solutions.com slash daily grind. Um, with that, that's our top 10 things, you know, you need to know to protect your assets and run your business. So that way you're protected. Um, with that, I encourage everybody to go check that out. Or you can always text uh, Royal R O Y A L to four, seven, four, seven, four, seven. And that'll hook you up with, um, our team there to be able to get connected with, you know, the free PDFs on and free eBooks that we have that are real estate protection, asset protection, you know, business planning, a uh, number of different areas. So, you know, that's the uh, real estate nerds podcast, the Royal legal solutions.com slash daily grind. Um, or if you want to text in Royal R O Y L to four, seven, four, seven, four, seven. That is absolutely amazing. Making it very accessible for everyone. I'm going to share all these links to make it super simple. Be sure to check out the Real Estate Nerds podcast. Visit royallegalsolutions.com forward slash daily grind um, and just visit the site if you're a real estate investor and also text Royal to 474747. And as you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today, gratitude. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the amazing Scott Smith. Scott, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule there in cold Austin, Texas right now and coming on the show here with us today. Yeah, no, no, Colin. <laughs> awesome. Great to be here. Absolutely. Everyone, if you liked today's episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment, share it with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off and always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.